Welcome to the Torvis Podcast. My name is Ari, and this is going to be episode five. This is a continuation of uh, the previous episode we did, which was talking about Star Trek. And I'm going to be joined by Jason once again, and we're going to delve deeper into the mythos of the Star Trek universe. So stay tuned and hold tight. Welcome back, Jason. Good to be back here, Ari, for Star Trek Torvis Podcast. Continues. Continues. <laughs> you knew I was going to do that. I did. So if you had listened to our previous um, episode we did on Star Trek, we went on at length about an amazing web-based uh, series called Star Trek Continues, which basically uh, starts or starts where the original series left off at about three years. And continues their five-year mission so uh, you should really check it out jason and i are huge fans of it huge fans there's a lot of other things that uh, get done in star trek and a lot of other things are very well promoted but star trek continues can always use a little bit more promotion because it's <laughs> that good yeah it ran from uh, 2013 to 2017 uh, before they kind of got a... It's almost like a copyright thing, infringement. Mm. It was something stupid like that, right? Not exactly. You can look that, that stuff up. They, there was, there was various problems with fan ones, but Star Trek continues. It, everything's completely above board, really good, and <laughs> yeah. they had no no issues and stuff, the, okay. the highest level of integrity. There's yeah. nothing bad you can say about, about Star Trek. Well, someone might be able to, but... That yeah, was good. Uh, just great, great respect for those. Okay, so we're getting into, uh, this is part two of the kind of Star Trek universe. And uh, you and I were talking uh, prior to then Mike's coming on uh, about influences of Star influences. Trek. Influences. Like, I was curious, like, how you got, you're a little younger than me. How did you get started with Star Trek? Where did you first see Star Trek? How, what was your way of viewing Star Trek when you first started? And then how, how have you followed watching Star Trek over the years and what influences has Star Trek had in your, in your real life? Well, I think that from most people, uh, if you were not alive during the original episodes, uh, then you saw it in, in reruns, just like we all did in syndication stuff. So, uh, the reruns. So in the late seventies, early eighties on television, watching the original Star Trek, that's just what it was because it was always on. Right? Yeah, it was always on. I, like that and MASH. I remember having it before cable TV came out. Yeah. Um, for you younger people, there was a TV before cable broadcast television where we had an antenna to be able to get it. I only had three channels, four if you were like super lucky and had a really good day, you could get the fourth channel. But yeah. it was, for me, it was an after school ritual. It was, it was part of the thing. There was just a host of shows. I don't remember exact order that they were on, but right. you had like, you know, Beverly Hillbillies, Gilgan's Island, Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> oh, Hogan's like Heroes. Just, just like a whole bunch of crazy, crazy shows that yep. get, get smart, like a bunch of really good shows and stuff. But Star Trek was one of them yep. that got in there and, and Star Trek really did change my life. Yeah. So I think, you know, you started watching because it's science fiction and I was always a kid who liked science fiction and, uh, you know, going to new worlds and things like that and exploration and imagination that it just all feeds into what I am as a geek. And I think most geeks kind of like, Oh, awesome. It's, it's new. Uh, and then, uh, when I was, God, how old was I? I think we did, I think I was 10 and I had a birthday party. My 10, 10th, yeah, it was 10. And I invited my friends over and we used a VCR or video recorder 
and we filmed. These a, are things with tapes. Yes, with tapes. It was a, it was a VH, video tape. It was a VHS uh, recorder, and we taped uh, a birthday movie, and it was called Star Trekky. Nice. Was this the same one you recorded your famous ninja one, that sh- which will show up in a future episode? Uh, that was different. That was actually done on uh, Super Eight. That was actually done on film. Okay. Uh, my dad's camera. So the start. I have it downstairs. And I actually have a VCR and DVD player downstairs, which awesome. I'm going to hook up. So Star Trekky is there. I have not seen this. How have you not shown no. this to me? And then a few, a couple of years later, we did Star Trekky too. And so they're on VHS. They're in a box downstairs. So I will show it one day. So anyway, uh, we did this episode. It was all a parody, and uh, it was hilarious. And uh, so yeah, that's how it influenced me as a young kid because awesome. it was just imagination, it just fed into my need for otherworldly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, Star Trek was a huge influence. Um, it got me into it got me into science fiction. Um, well, Star Trek and Star Wars together. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars will be a different different podcast. Let's not try to cross <laughs> too many things over here. Yeah. Um, but it also got me into into reading reading a lot more. Um, it really, even though it's science fiction, is also an influence on fantasy as well. It also, ironically, got me into martial arts. I'd say Star Trek along with Stampede Wrestling. Shout out to people from Calgary. Yeah. Um, How did Star Trek get you into martial arts? Because of cheesy, cheesy uh, fighting things within there. Um, really? One of the things that I actually remember is what I call Star Trek chick flick, flip. And yes, I'm old enough to say chick, but it's like in the, the what's it called? The people of Vol or something. The one with the snake, yeah. snake the, idol and yeah, stuff. Yeah. One of the... The volcano? The, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. And one of the... One of the uh, red shirt. We haven't talked about red shirts yet, surprisingly. How did we go through a whole episode not mentioning red oh shirts? Oh my god, we have to talk about that in a second. Okay. Anyway, okay. Um, in in that episode, there's there's one of the red shirted female characters that that grabs one of these, you know, those those weird guys that all kind of look this, the same by the arm and does a flips flips them over right. and stuff. And it was really really super cheesy. But it's like at the time, you know, I'm like, how old am I? I'm like. What do they call pre-teenager, like kind of things? Yeah. You know, um, I was like, "Whoa, that's like so cool, right?" And then there's various things that, that Kirk does and stuff. But there's that anyway. Sometimes every now and then, when I teach you martial arts, I'll do a Kirk Kirk martial arts kind of thing. So but here's I do a, mention chart, Star Trek chick flip. So. I, I know. I remember the the thing, and uh, so when I put this, when this is edited together, you, you're gonna you, you see, you're gonna see the, you can see the flip. You can put the little thing yeah. thing together there. So that that got it was one of the influences. It, it's it, when I decided that I was getting into martial arts, I was looking for martial arts that would appeal to me, and that was one of the early things that that early on appealed to me. So what you said, we'll do another episode on martial arts, but but you're talking about Kirk. So if Kirk had a martial art, what was what was his martial art? And it wasn't Kirk Fu. You're not allowed to say Kirk Fu. I was going to say Kirk Fu. And so one of the role-playing games I do is the hero system where you design your own stuff. Yeah. And, and you would design a martial art and you would call it Kirk Fu. And of you would course. do all the different all I got the different, different Kirk moves. That No, I mean, it, it's Kirk. Like he, he's, he's his own. He's not it, his. It's kind of judo-ish. He's, he's got some judo-ish stuff. But he's also got some... Some, uh, some other stuff that, again, because I was also influenced by watching uh, 
pro wrestling with my with my grandpa at right. the same same period of time. And some of the stuff is kind of wrestling, like the double axe handle where he has all two hands together and smashes people. And he's got his famous, you know, Kirk drop kick. That's a very, That's and also very playing, wrestling. playing arcade video games yes. at the time. There's one called tag team wrestling. There was a Japanese name for it and, and other stuff. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it, the version I played was tag team wrestling. And, yeah. and there's a different thing where he jumps up and does a double kick to the, to the chest and stuff. And then he's got the Kirk, the double Kirk chop and stuff. Um, comes up and people are grabbing him and drop and does a does a double there's like there's just a host of different ones that that put your hands your fingers in the little great thing in the engineering and thing then you and jump off and kick someone or if you want to be able to defeat Khan, then you have to have the have that little thing that for whatever reason in engineering was just there that pulled out um like just just <laughs> sorry oh, yeah, that the, thing on police baton stuff and, plastic, I, and every time i do yes. this the police baton training thing then i always think of that little plastic thing hojitsu <laughs> anyway but so it, it influenced me into getting into martial arts mm-hmm. not immediately but but it was an early influence it got me into role-playing games science fiction fantasy um computers i've computers have become a big part of my life too right that would have not happened without without star trek you know it's kind of ironic like just talking about the martial art thing for a second and and star trek and and science fiction there's a ton of geeks out there that are dangerous motherfuckers yeah you wouldn't know like you think you know we go through high school and and the geeks are picked on or you're you're a loner or whatever it is and you know, the, the different groups as you, as you're growing up in high school. Right. But, you know, fast forward 35 years later mm-hmm. and you know, you're a fourth degree black belt. Right. So it's, 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 it's weird, yeah. but it's, it's very cool because I think that martial arts and geekdom go hand in hand. All yeah. the black belts that I know are geeks. Yeah. It's the jocks did not make the black belts as much as the geeks did. Yeah. I mean, at least from from that era, like maybe things are different now. I don't, I don't know. But I think of all the people, all my contemporaries, all the guys uh, and gals that are in their forties and early fifties now Mm -hmm. that they're all into Marvel. They're all into comics. They're into science fiction. They're into Star Trek. It's, there really is a theme that runs throughout. Yeah. So, well, no, you think about it like here, here, we're sitting here together. We're both in, into both of these Alex from early, earlier episodes. Yep. Another great guy, also martial arts, you know, like it's, but it has a thing, but this isn't, a, this episode is not about martial arts. So I don't want to, you know, I can go on tangents, get into Rodidus some other time, but if you get that reference, then you're there with me. Right. Well, so, I mean, yeah, it influenced us as, uh, as young kids, obviously. And, uh, here we are today. So, yeah. Um, so but Matt, the influences have gone on throughout life. It's like yep. there's been a complete refreshing. And that's one of the things is when new, new Star Treks come out, they each speak to a different, you know, it's, you know, they talk about Star Trek, the next generation is a series, but, yep. but each iteration of Star Trek is for another generation. People of talk course. about, you know, generation X, generation millennials, blah, blah, all this kind of stuff. But each yeah. Star Trek, um, I speak a lot about the original Star Trek cause that's what I first started with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. People that are a little bit younger may have started with the next generation, People, people now, um, Discovery, right? Maybe just getting into Star Trek now. Maybe it's Star Trek's a new thing for you, and you're just getting into it with Discovery mm-hmm. or Orville, which isn't officially Star Trek, but right, it's Star Trek. Come on. Okay, so let's kind of jump to what we were just talking about previously. Um, you mentioned talking about the red shirts. Red shirts. Okay, so there's an ongoing thing. You obviously know what I'm about to say if you are a Star Trek fan. And the joke is, in the original series, if you were wearing a red shirt when they beamed down to the planet, those dudes didn't have names, and they would always die. 
Those yeah. are the guys that would die. The so red shirts. awesome. Another, speaking about things that I've almost bought but haven't bought, there was a really cool online somewhere. There was like a, a Star Trek red shirt and it had a bunch of like burn marks and cuts and stuff, uh-huh. stuff on it that you could get. And like, of course, only other Star Trek fans are going to get it. And they've kind of moved away from that in the later ones, but yeah, it's uniforms. That's like a, that's a, that's totally. a discussion point of, of, but the red shirts. Yeah. And here's a really funny thing going on another tangent, talking about geekdom and uh, nerdisms. Um, when you happen to be in a subculture, people mm-hmm. are into science fiction or comics or geeks. Yeah. So what I was talking about uh, with the kind of geek culture, if if you see other geeks out there and you and you know they're wearing a T-shirt or something like that, Jason, that's really obscure. You, there's that nod. Oh yeah. Not only is there that nod. Yeah. But uh, well, whatever. I'm not doing that job anymore. Uh, when I was a bouncer. Yeah. I've let people in for having like cool geek stuff. It's like forget the line, dude. Come on in. Like, and honestly, it doesn't come up that much because you're geek people in the bar crossover isn't that much so right but i'm recognizing you guys for sure yeah and it, it happens like it could be like a symbol or a nod sometimes when you're just going by and you're like yeah yeah it's usually t-shirts it's you know t-shirts, it's, yeah. it, it, that's it usually the thing yeah. uh, i sometimes run into it though someone will mention something like in the grocery store or whatever yeah. like that and it's like i got that reference sometimes a nod you just like you're there you know before I was like one of the last people you know that ever got a cell phone. Yes. You know, one of the reasons I was the last, one of the last people. I have no idea. I was waiting for a phone that was a flip phone that went when you opened it up. That was, but and it, now I, they have it. It's the sound effects. Yeah. So that's how much of a Star Trek person I am. Okay. Yeah. So there's that geek that, you know, you share that thing with other people. Yeah. Um, so Jason was, we were talking also, he has a very special skill set and he coined the phrase, which oh. I think is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So Jason is a decathlon geek and a decathlon geek. He's, he's, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the best runner. I'm not the best lifter. I'm not the best jumper. But you know swimmer. a lot of shit about a lot of things. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's better Star Trek people than me for sure. But yeah. I do appreciate it because it's awesome. So one of the, you know, I'm going to kind of throw a quiz out there to the listening audiences. There's so many different characters that have appeared on Star Trek over the years in different episodes and in different series. I'm curious to know what your top five characters are mm-hmm. uh, for Star Trek, because there's so many. And now what Jason and I have also been talking about is there's so many amazing secondary yeah, characters. Yeah, I would make it more interesting, because we did, we covered in the first episode, I believe, we covered the are we ranked our captains from yes. one, one to five of the ones that you have seen? Yeah. Um, but I think there's some other characters in Star Trek that are that are really good that deserve some attention too. We can't get just completely lost on the captains, as right? So as they are. Let's let's go let's go into the realm of the amazing secondary characters that uh, Star Trek has revealed to us. Okay. Well, for me, you know, everyone's at oh, here he goes again on original series and Star Trek continues. I got some for them, but Next Generation. One of the best secondary characters was, well, not sorry, it's not not Next Generation, but Deep Space Deep Space Nine was Garrick. I thought Garrick the Taylor. Garrick was awesome. Garrick he was he was a he secondary was a, character. He was a Cardassian. I would have to say he's my favorite character from that that series. And I I, I like that series, but he's yeah. my favorite character. And so Garrick was uh, he, he formerly an assassin for the Cardassian Order. Yeah, Obsidian Order. And, yeah, it's uh, been long enough. You can go with spoilers. 
<laughs> There's lots of spoilers. You haven't seen um, it yet. Wow. And so over this, over that series lifetime, they kind of went into more detail about his history. But every time they had Garrick on, I'm like, oh, I totally want. This is a great episode because yeah. they would reveal little tidbits, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they definitely gave you breadcrumbs and fed you. But you there. it wasn't all all once. Yeah. But who doesn't love the like mild manner dude? Alien mm-hmm. that happens to be a killer that in becomes his things. And you previous know, life. That was a good series in some ways because they did have that. I think you mentioned before the, the guy at the bar or whatever his name was. Um, and he... Do you want to talk about that? I don't want to steal your thunder here. No, you can. For sure. The, there's a guy at the bar that just sat there. Yeah, the, a and, morn. And, you know, they have, they have these reoccurring characters that are like really... That some of them they go somewhere with them and do something really cool like Garrick and others they don't really go anywhere but they're still there and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, so Morn, he was awesome. So he sat at uh, at Cork's bar and just sat there and he never spoke or anything like that and he just drank. And they went into kind of like, I think it was like the very last episode, but he ended up drinking, he stored latinum in his second stomach. And that's why he said he lost all his hair. Because and one time he regurgitated it. I don't know if you remember that episode. I don't remember this. Um, so basically, it's Cork wanted it, and yeah. he regurgitates some latinum, and latinum is the like a currency yeah. um, in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, and anyway, so very cool. And so I really like Morn, even though he never said anything, and they didn't do anything with his character other than that. So yeah, and each each thing had had their characters that were in there that reoccurred, and they weren't in every episode. They just came back sometimes, and. That was that made things really cool. Uh, one of uh, my favorite secondary characters, which they were going to do a spinoff from the original series, was uh, Agent Seven, and mm. that was the episode with Terry Gar, cat guy, and he had a cat. There was well, actually she was a cat. well, it turned into like there was a, it was a woman at one point. And, so sixties, yeah, it was so sixties, wasn't it? So that was really cool because he was a time traveler. Um, and also from a different part of the galaxy, and uh, he intercepts the Enterprise coming to Earth. And, yeah, you know, you can so. totally see like Star Trek Man from Uncle crossover kind of totally. thing, UFO, like all that kind oh, of. Oh yeah, thing. great. There's some really great '60s shows. It's, it, they're very different. Star Trek's not the only good good '60s show, but yeah. So the Agents have awesome. Really liked it. Uh, you had mentioned earlier another one that you really liked was uh, Harry Mud. Harry Mud, Harcourt Benton Mud. See. This is the weird thing about me is I do not remember, like there's people I know in the real world and I know them fairly well. I don't know their names, but <laughs> characters from something that I watched in 1981, I still remember. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Harry Mudd was great. So there are a lot of great secondary characters. And again, I'm throwing it out there. Who are your favorite secondary characters uh, from Star yeah, Trek? Yeah, please comment on that. Like there's so many good ones. Um, I realize most of you haven't seen Star Trek Continues, and again, being one of my favorites, there's there's some really good characters in there. They have a counselor. I know I know Next Generation had had Deanna Troy, Deanna Troy yeah. in there, um, but they have a they have a character in the Next Generation, which is her precursor. That's a really good character, and I again, most of you haven't seen. There's some spoilers, but they they do some great stuff with them. So maybe maybe I'll talk about it in a later episode after you guys have had a chance to chance to absorb the awesomeness of the Star Trek continues. And one that we really must touch upon, uh, which started everything off as a secondary character, is number one. Number one. Oh. So go totally, into explain explain totally who number amazing. one is. So everyone thinks it's Riker. Everyone but, thinks it's Riker and that's and you know, put in the comments if you're one of the people that that didn't think it was Riker. Like 
Okay, so number one, in the early in the Star Trek The Next Generation, there's some early episodes, and people think, okay, well, that was the Captain Kirk one, right? Well, Cap- you mean the original series, not Star Trek? Star Trek's Next original Generation. series. Did I say something? You else? said in TNG. Oh, sorry, yeah. my mistake. Original series. TOS. Yeah. Star Trek. The original series. Most people think, okay, Captain Kirk, that's his series. And yes, it is. However, there's another captain in in the original series, Captain Christopher Pike. Now, those of you who are up on Discovery may have a different view on on that, but that's where he comes from, is the original the original series. And he had his first officer. It's sort of like a pilot version of Star Trek the original series before it was the original series, but episode yeah, being in it was a pilot. In, yeah. And there's also, there's like the, there's the cage and the menagerie and, yeah. and those episodes. Um, but his first officer, number one, was, was a woman. And okay, now back then that was a big deal. That, that, that's another thing we should talk about with Star Trek. Things that they did that really changed things. Mm-hmm. They were ahead of the social curve. Totally. That's one of the things that makes Star Trek, Star Trek. Um, and she's, she's a great character. And I'm not a celebrity guy, but even I noticed that she appears in other versions of, of Star Trek. Yeah, so he's referring to... Um, uh, no, wait a minute. She does appear... So she's... Uh, that's Nurse Chapel, right? I think so. Yeah, and, and then we're talking about... No, Major, We're talking about number one. Right. M- m- number one, now was that Gene Roddenberry? It's not Major Bear, right? So now, now we're now we're getting confused. Well, you're you're into the lookup thing anyway. Number one was really cool having a woman first officer, first officer there. That was where they had the shouty Spock. Yeah, the see. emotional Spock. Well, he wasn't really emotional, but he was shouty. He talked really loud. <laughs> I think it was kind of like they were trying to have like some sort of military bridge yelling orders and stuff. Right. I don't I don't know exactly what it was. What Spock's deal was with the shouting in those few episodes. Yeah. So number one, so yeah, I was that is correct. So it was. It's not Nurse. Um, or it is Nurse Chapel because it's Major Barrett who plays Nurse Chapel as well. So she's yeah. played lots of different characters. So she was number one. She was the yeah. first officer, officer, and then when they actually turned on the original series and passed the pilot, then she became Nurse Chapel. And a computer voice. And then she became the computer voice and in Next Generation. And then Next Generation. Uh, and then she also became uh, De- um, Deanna Troy's mother, Luxon Troy. Troy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she's, she's had a, she's like a, a minor thing, but she's a major influence too. And then who knows what other influence she's had on Star Trek. Right. Because, you know, with relationship with Roddenberry and she outlived him too. So who knows what kind of, in- well, there's people who know, but I'm not that mm-hmm. much of a... I'm not that deep into it to know what influence she's had, but it's it's definitely she deserves mention. But one of the things the, that Star Trek did, as you had mentioned, and this is no secret, is they crossed all these political and racial boundaries, and they they touched oh, upon yeah. subjects which were well, uh, a lot of taboo at the time. But oh, they oh, ma- like, they masked it in science fiction. They they totally and they were and they didn't just mask, but they were daring for their time. That was one of the things the original Star Trek. For its time, is just so far ahead of the social curve mm-hmm. that it's, I don't know, like you take Uhura, Chekhov, like you got to remember like, okay, Chekhov doesn't get mentioned a lot, but, but you know, this is the, the height of the Cold War. And they got this Russian like, When Russians were actually communists, not like the stuff now, but we're not going to get political. But that was, that was a big deal having a Russian on, on the an American TV show as a, as a major character. And he was sort of in some ways Spock's apprentice and it was good. He, he even made it into, yeah. into a major role in the, in the, again, Wrath of Khan, best, best Star Trek movie ever. Yeah. And he, 
he had a major role in there. And Uhura, like, talk about, you know, you've got women power, racial thing. Yeah. The, the kiss. Like, yeah, I mean, like her, not just within Star Trek, but within TV period, like big culture, like that one. is, that is huge. And that's one of the things that makes Star Trek stand out. So you can go into. Yeah. So that was the, that was the first interracial kiss on television. It was, uh, Captain Kirk and Uhura and they, they have that kiss. So originally it was supposed to be between, uh, Spock and Uhura, but Captain Kirk. Yeah, I did. Will, I did not know that. William You're Shatner. A trivia master. William Shatner, uh, wanted to be the guy because, you know, he is. Cause he's Kirk and he wants to, wants the yeah, girls. Apparently they had to practice that scene lots. He wanted to practice lots. Um, so yeah, yeah that was the first one. Right. But you know, again, breaking all those, those, those boundaries. And originally, if you look at Spock, Spock was Spock, spo- Spock. Spock. He was supposed to have red skin. Ah. And uh, but the network said no, we can't have someone uh-huh. who's got pointed ears and has red skin. He looks like too much like the devil. Big no no for 1960s oh, right, television. Right, right, Christians, yes. Right? So they kind of, you know, kind of went around that. And to be honest, the only reason that Star Trek ended up getting on the air was because of Lucille Ball. Yes, yes, yes. Desi Lu Productions. Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball, it was her production company uh, mm-hmm. that produced it. And she was like, no, give him a chance and we're going to back it. So yeah. that's really pretty fascinating that most people don't know. Super cool. I've heard that mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Like, so again, science fiction, always kind of pushing the boundaries. Pushing the boundaries. And it's not just that like we talked before with communicators and stuff. It's a technological boundaries because mm-hmm. it's science fiction. We're like, okay, science. Yeah. But social boundaries, that's part of what makes Star Trek it's not just a science fiction show. It's something that's guided people's lives and have, have spoke to a, a larger bit of society. And yeah. Do you remember the episode where they go down to the planet and it's run by the gangsters? Oh yeah. A piece of the action. <laughs> a piece of the action. See, he remembers the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, I don't know, I lost my memory at a certain point, but things before that point in time, I, I remember some of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the ones. And, oh. Yeah. That's, yeah, they had some of those episodes that were. They did a few the, of them that, that were, were so kind good. of like that. So you had that, yeah. and then you had the one where they continued on with, uh, you know, the, it was like the, the midget guy, and they had telepathy or a telekinesis because it, and they based it off. Uh, the Roman. Do you remember that episode? There's a, there's a Roman one, yeah. Yeah. So they had that. Yeah, and they then, had the guy that lived, the guy that lived for, that had been around since I believe it was Babylonians. That he had been uh, uh, something from Methuselah. Oh yes. And then he that had was, his daughter that was an android. Yeah. And then oh, robots. We can talk about. But we we mentioned Harry Harry Mud like robots, yeah. androids like, and the influence on there like. Austin Powers, the the fembots, fembots yeah. would not exist without Harry Mudd and totally and his androids from the okay. original series. So I'm going to throw. I'm going to see if your memory works here. Ready? Data's creator. What's his name? Go. Data's creator. I don't remember uh, his name, but he's Doctor something. Doctor. But his but his twin, his evil twin brother was Lore. Yes, Doctor Noonien Soong. Noonien Soong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's see, it's weird. What's what's trapped inside this gray matter? Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're you got the memory in the. Well, the, you do too. I, uh, you know, so. me monster manual stuff is a different thing, but that's a different different <laughs> different story. Uh, yeah, so you know the different kinds of robots and androids that they've done too. It's it's pretty cool. So um, again, Star Trek, lots of different themes that they've had that again have been more. And I mean, we, 
with interracial kiss and stuff, but mm-hmm. war themes again in the in the late sixties, you know. I don't remember the name of the episode, but they had they had a planet that was that was it wasn't really at war. They just disintegrated people. Like it was an ongoing ongoing war mm-hmm. and they Oh yes, the they didn't want the actual violence. So they didn't want the actual violence. It was all on computer, and then you're like, you had to it go was to like the a chamber. lotto kind of thing. Yes. That was very much like Logan's yeah. Run, and it kind of it reminded me of that. But yeah, yeah, and good uh, short story, the lotto, one of the few good things from English class. Anyway, um, yeah, that was a that was a good one. The, all the you know, not all the episodes, but a lot of not them. all of them. There's there's some there's some bad ones, and so, but we're trying to be positive. At least I'm trying to be more positive than I have been sometimes. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to get into Dane's dungeon. Dane's Dungeon. Okay. Dun, 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 dungeon. So Dane's Dungeon, we, we talk about what's cool shit and bullshit uh, in the particular genre we're talking about. And we're going to go back and forth between uh, Jason and I. All right. And uh, we're going to mention. So I'm going to mention a name, and I want you to say cool shit or bullshit, and I'm going to say the same thing. And then you can come up with something. We'll go back and forth. So it's just kind of a banter back and forth of what we think was cool or not. So we may agree or we may disagree. Okay. Tangents, okay. man. So here we go. We're going to go into Dane's Dungeon. And in this part, we're going to talk uh, on two things. We're going to talk about movies, mm-hmm. motion pictures, and then I'm going to, we're going to go into deaths. Deaths, yes. Okay. So let's start with the movies. All right. So let's start with uh, Star Trek, the original motion picture. I thought it was cool shit. I know that in, in the... In the things later on, when you look back and you go, okay, well, that's not not the best movie. But at the time when it came out, it was the only movie. And being a Star Trek fan, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is this is like more of the thing that I already love. And they had some they had some good continuations and stuff <clears throat> in it. You know, like just I mean, I'm petty so i like little things you know like they had the captain the the matt decker right and there was in the original series there was commodore we're going to talk about that in a second though okay sorry but anyway i i it, it and then the klingon thing at the beginning with the three klingon ships and stuff do, 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 do. <laughs> like i mean there's cool parts to it like as the overall movie of maybe course, it doesn't stand but... up but i mean at the time i remember when i saw it i was like Wow, that was cool. So now it's not the one that I'm going to go back to and watch mm-hmm. watch first. That's oh, sorry, but at the time, my overall opinion coming out of it was cool shit. Okay, and I'm going to say bullshit on my end, uh, just for all the obvious reasons. Did you see it? Did you see it first, or did you see something mm-hmm. else before you saw it? Or did I see it first? That's a good question. Did uh, you see it before you saw Rathacon? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I probably did, but just uh, I, I thought they kind of muddled it, and they just used too many special effects, and and uh, I wasn't really a fan of the story. It was okay. It was, I thought it was shitty. So All right, we don't have to agree on everything. No. Okay, you're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. That's okay. Uh, the next number two, The Wrath of Khan. Absolute total cool shit. Best movie of any Star Trek movie ever made. Period, hands down, and a good movie in its own right. If you were, if we were going into an '80s episode, which we should do sometime, still one of the best '80s movies. So, Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan, 1982. Uh, I would also say, cool shit in the extreme. Um, there's nothing wrong with that movie. I really liked. No, that like, is. And, yeah, and speaking about Star Trek isms, I think a lot of the time here, yeah. again, doing martial arts, I do several different martial arts, but one mm-hmm. of the martial arts is uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I often say that I have a con complex 
with Brazilian jiu-jitsu because Which is most what? of the martial arts I do are stand-up and you know when they're in the nebula there. Yeah, and they, the Mutara nebula? The, the nebula, yeah. yeah. And they're in there and part of the reason that they're able to defeat Khan is because he has 2D thinking and they use 3D thinking right. to be able to defeat him. Yes. And whenever I'm doing the ground stuff, I mean, I'm okay, but you mm-hmm. know, other people are a lot better and I'm always thinking that, damn it, I'm like Khan that I'm being beaten because I use 2D thinking. That's how this bastard tapped me out this one time. Got it. Every time we roll, it comes it comes up. Right? Interesting, yeah. Okay, so then we go to uh, 1984. There was Star Trek Three, which was the search for Spock. Spock. And uh, so I'm going to throw that one out there and say that was a bullshit uh, movie. I didn't really like it. How about you? I would say over. It had some good parts, but overall, <laughs> I would agree, bullshit. And when we get into the character death things that I think it under, the main thing that I think is bullshit is because it undermines the, the sacrifice and, and the death. Yeah. That's the main thing for me that makes it, but, well, it's not that it's not got good things to it, but. Well, having said that, because when Spock dies in the second, in the Wrath of Khan, there was no plan to bring him back. Yeah. However, Paramount came back and said, we need to bring him back because this is a huge moneymaker. Because it's a moneymaker. And that, it, that's to me what makes it a bullshit decision. Like for me. Mm-hmm. It's it, when you get decisions that are made for money sake rather than for the love of the thing. It's, and I love Spock, but I'm saying that, that right. it's isn't one of the things about it, how you die is at least important as how you live or something, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Right. That might even be from that movie. But that's the thing is if you take away, if you take away the death, then it kind of, it cheapens the life by taking away the death. But and then we move on to, after that, it was Star Trek Four, which came out in 86, which was the, the Voyage Home. One? That's the Voyage Home, yes, with the whales. Yeah, so it had it was like a humorous one. So I would say, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was bullshit because it was like Star Trek light. It didn't quite, it didn't quite hit all the things. The really good Star Treks are able to put comedy along with something really serious and pull it off, but it what it didn't have the balance of a really good Star Trek thing. It mm-hmm. was it was funny and light, but it didn't have the gravitas that a true Star Trek thing. So cool shit or bullshit? Bullshit. Okay. And I'm gonna agree with you. Um, there's point parts of it that I liked. Oh, totally parts of it too. Yeah. I say I say bullshit too. Which brings us to a It re- was an episode worthy thing, not, not a movie, movie not movie worthy. So then we will jump on to probably one of the worst movies in my opinion, which was the final frontier, number five. Number five. Bullshit. Bullshit. I, bullshit, I like yeah. straight, flat out bullshit. Didn't even deserve to be an episode, let alone a movie. And if you <clears throat> if your whole point was to do Star Trek deals with God. You know, look to who mourns for Adonis. Yes, Greek god, but does a better job than look to Star Trek Continues, Pilgrim of Eternity, for the follow-up. Again, like I was saying in the first ep- first episode of this, mm-hmm. was what makes really good Star Trek. If you can call back something earlier and do a good job with it, then that is. If you did, if you want to see how Star Trek deals with gods, watch Who Mourns for Adonis, the original series, and then watch Pilgrim of Eternity on YouTube, Star Trek continues. That's how Star Trek deals with gods. I agree. So that was a 1989 Final Frontier where they try to go to the center of the universe. Shockery, as they call it. Not a big fan. And then that leaves us with the last in the original series, which was The Undiscovered Country. What do you think? I'm going to go meh. 
That's not an option. Dane would not allow you to say Matt. Dane would say, was it cool or was it bull? I'm going to say it was bull because overall I wasn't impressed. It was okay, but I expect more from Star Trek. Star Trek has to be, has to be above that. And so it doesn't hit the cool barrier. Maybe my expectations are too high, but so I'll make it bullshit just because Star Trek deserves better. So the one thing about the undiscovered country, which came out in 91, it was kind of a bridging episode because you could see that the technology had increased in such a way. The Klingons had, you know, you know, the, they were kind of more developed and it was, it was interesting. You, it had a different feel. It was not that the baton was passing yet, but you could see it there. I would also... Yeah, it's, prob- like half, it's kind of half-baked. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. you, I can see kind of where you're going, but you didn't quite do enough. So I would say also, now thinking about it, I'd say bullshit on that one. And then we get into the next generation. So the, the torch gets passed in 1994 with Star Trek Generations, where Picard and Kirk are together. What do you think? I think... I mean, okay, whatever. It's I, I'm going to say bullshit because it's just it's like a it's a thing to cross them over and do it. And you know, I don't, I can't say that I have like, oh, I remember this. This was a really great thing about this that was totally awesome. So uh-huh. I don't have anything that really sticks out to me as being like, oh, this was great. You, you, you kind of threw them together, and I like Kirk and I like Picard, but it's like, okay, it's like a crossover. It's like comic crossovers just to cross them over but it for me so i would you could have done a better damn, job with it yeah, like you could. It, it's not that it's not that it doesn't have good parts and stuff like that but again i set my bar high for for things if it's not better than an episode why is it a fucking movie good point so you're making me change my opinion now so uh, you know what i'm gonna still say cool shit because it was the first time that kirk is sharing the screen with picard yeah, and, which is cool and so i'm gonna say all the story was like meh malcolm yeah you know was on it but meh I'm going to say cool shit for that one. Okay. Okay. So after that, we then get in 1996, they came out with Star Trek First Contact. Do you remember I, it? I honestly, the next generation movies, I don't remember being impressed by any of them. Uh-huh. So my general comment on all the next generation movies is there were better episodes of the next generation. Right. Than the movie. None of the movies rose to like, if you take the Borg arc within... But that's the what they were doing in that. Yeah, but not so much. It's it's not good enough that we talked before about that single episode yeah. with Picard. Like there's and you could go on, there's there's different little things and stuff, and they just don't they don't hit the points as much as a a really good episode of the series is better than the movie, you're not doing good enough. Right. So that leads us to nineteen ninety eight where they had Star Trek Insurrection, which was the planet um, the Baku, remember? And then again, you're going to say bullshit on I'm, that. I'm going to st- stick with the same. And I'm it's not that, that I'm a next generation hater. I, okay. I love next generation. Just the movies aren't up. The series is better than the movies. So we're going to, then the last one in the series was something called Star Trek Nemesis. Do you remember that one? I'm, I'm sticking with my thing for all the next year. Okay, I mean, wow. maybe I'll rewatch them and we'll come back and I'll You're go, oh my God, I was so wrong. There was this thing that I just forgot because this is after my period where my memory, whatever I did to my memory isn't as good. Okay. So now what we're going to talk about is we're going through the movies, but now we're going to talk about deaths in Star Trek mm-hmm. as a cool shit bullshit in Dane's dungeon here. Okay. How about best death, worst, worst death, and then we can go to other deaths. Well, uh, 
what you, best deaths or worst deaths? Yeah. But we're just talking about the deaths in Star Trek, so okay, it won't fine. matter. It's your show, man. Best. Well, deaths. you can say it's the best death. If, okay. if I say that, and you're like, that was the best death. That's okay, fine. Okay. Okay. So one of the first deaths we're going to talk about in Dane's Dungeon here is Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Bullshit or cold shit? Utter bullshit. Worst death in Star Trek. It was utterly meaningless. However, it does have a cool shit side to it because one of the best episodes of The Next Generation was called Yesterday's Enterprise uh-huh. where they had her back and talking, we were talking before about minor characters that that do some things come back sometimes with Guinan actually got to do something interesting there in that episode and mentioned about Yar how she knew, she found when she found out she died a worthless death in the other universe yep. that it was good for her in this parallel thing. So they, that one turned it around. It's too bad they didn't do more with that, but the, the tar creature thing, definitely a really, really useless. So I disagree with you. And I know that they redeemed themselves by saying it was a useless death and stuff, but I found that the way they killed it, it was just a swipe of his hand and he, she died. I like that because they're always going out on top. They're always doing some sacrifice, but it's just to show okay. in a blink of an eye, you're dead. And I never really liked Tasha Yar's character anyway to begin with. But Apparently neither did she. Otherwise she wouldn't have quit, right? That's true. Um, so I'm going to say that I thought that that was a, as Desco, I'm going to give it a cool shit. That was good because it but, wasn't glorious. Okay, I see where you're going with that, but I don't think it gave the sense that anybody can die at any time after that. You weren't kind of like, it didn't carry on. It was it was episodic where, okay, she died, but you, it never ramped up the tension for the other characters. Yeah. Where you thought, okay, well, Yar died. This this next thing that could happen to some other character, mm-hmm. character wouldn't die. And that's maybe another thing we should talk about is like tension in, in Star Trek. Is but being able to ride that edge where you're like, oh my god, something could happen. I don't think that that had a continue. I I see what you're saying, but I just don't think that it continued past her. They didn't. They didn't let the echoes go there where you were like, yeah. I don't even. Do you remember the next episode or whatever it was? Like, like, oh my god, something could happen to this character. This main character right. could go. Anyone could go. I I don't have that recollection. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how about Spock? Spock's death was great. Again part of what made Wrath of Khan so good. He sacrificed, you know, needs of the needs of the many, the needs yeah. of the few, needs of the one, yeah. all that. And then I just mentioned about like how, how you die is at least important as how you live. Yeah. And that was like a good, really heroic death. And then we got into the Kobayashi Maru thing and that was Well we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, but, but no, but that was that was again it was a it was a no win situation and that was kind of his solution to the Kobayashi Maru in a way that was sort of Spock going in there and being able to save the ship by sacrificing himself. So, and that's a very Star Trek um, kind of value, if you will, mm-hmm. is being that like the, the sacrifice for the for the good of the many. So I say that Spock's death was also cool shit. That's one, like one of the, absolutely one of the cool best, that's, best deaths. Like if you're looking for things that define Star Trek, that's 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 up there. Yeah. Uh, how about Kirk's death? Yeah, he could do better. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, I say I say bullshit as well. Um, he ends up getting. Blasted off a, off a gangway and he falls down and gets crushed and he like, dies. It's like, it's not even that, like, even like cinematically, it's not even that cool of a death, let alone purpose and, and all the rest of the things. But There's... you would wonder, you know, that William Shatner would have something to do with his death that he wouldn't be like, you know, this, this is not, this, this is, is the way I'm going out. Again, maybe you should watch Star Trek continues where the treads the shadow and see 
see something something in that episode that'll give you a better better version of things. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's um, it wasn't. But, but that's the thing. Is like death's done right is is a thing, and that's it's not it's not it's more it's more writing like. This is the thing. Like actors get a lot of credit, directors get a lot of credit, and they should. Mm-hmm. But writing is super important to whether it's well, obviously in fiction, but in in movies and TV, writers don't get enough credit. How many actors make so much, so many millions of dollars, and the writers don't get the same thing? The writers, if you have bad writing, good acting ain't going to save bad writing. The writing is a foundation; everything else is built on. Now it's funny because <clears throat> Kirk, Kirk's last his dying words in there. Um, initially it was it was fun however the his actual last words which william shatner put in which i thought was really awesome it was technically he said the last words were oh my and i remember he's there and he's just because it wanted to have some sense of wonder mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually been said that william shatner is actually he's really afraid of death oh. and um so that was kind of a big thing for him Mm-hmm. So, but oh my, it was his last words. But anyway, uh, so but not still not as good as Khan's death. No, Kirk's death has to be better than Khan's death. Yeah, but I mean it's that's not. that's how they did it. I, I that's why that's why it's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and then talking about sacrifice, Data Data ends up dying in one of the episodes, uh, and I it was a for me total bullshit thing. He ends up jumping you know, from one ship to the other, and then he ends up, you know, blowing himself up, blah, 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 sacrifice for, for yeah, bullshit. Jean-Luc Picard. Not good. Not good. And the fact that they had, the, I, if I remember correctly, there is an Android version of him, but his engrams were in there because he starts whistling uh, the tune. You know, they're just trying to, yeah. cont- it was total bullshit. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's next generation. Really amazing episodes, but really inconsistent. The good writer episodes are amazing. The bad writer episodes suck. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the last death here. This is going to be a really obscure one. All right. And this is talking about Commodore Decker. Commodore. From an episode from the original series. Doomsday device or machine or something like that. Right. And so kind of cool shit or bullshit, first of all? Cool shit. Okay. And talking about tension, like... All the Star Treks are good in their own way, but the original series has the best way of ramping up tension. Like, the pace is slower in the 60s, but still they somehow manage to make things more tense. You're always more worried that something's going to happen mm-hmm. to them when you're, when you're watching it. That, and that's a good tension one, that he's got the... So if you, if you, what we're referring to is basically in the original series, he jumps in a shuttlecraft. He's kind of this commoner who's got some psychological problems, but he sacrifices himself by entering the mouth of this doomsday device and it blows up. And, yeah. and, uh, I just, I always remember him, they showing him and he's yeah. sweating, right? Mm-hmm. He just, it was always sweating, right? I don't yeah. know what it is about that. But again, that part, part of the thing, it added to the tension. Like right. how many other times did they show stuff like that? Right. Yeah. And I can hear the music. Yeah, and you're really big on music. That's another thing. It's like, and part of the made the tension is the original series had such good music. Like I notice it, and I'm not a music guy like mm-hmm. like you are, but they just managed to hit that. The music and the lighting and all yeah. that stuff. Another reason Star Trek continues is so good because they nail it. They do. Oh my goodness. Um, to be able to do that stuff where you really felt like, oh my god, and not in the cheesy horror movie way where like, oh my god, there's a thing going to come out, jump out and get them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean sometimes, but but. but 
they, they really had that. And that was, that was a good debt, like sacrificing for, again, it's sacrificing for the good of all. Yeah. That, that service, the selfless service and sacrifice. So that's kind of our Dane's Dungeon, uh, cool shit, bullshit of uh, different movies and characters of deaths uh, in the Star Trek series. Uh, and which kind of leads me to deaths and situations and no win situations. The Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru. Maru. So the Kobayashi Maru is a very famous simulation, which is done. What movie is that in? What, the original Kobayashi Maru? Yeah. Well, Star Trek Two. Oh, the best movie. Yeah. A good thing from the best movie. Okay, go on. So the Kobayashi Maru basically is a test for captains to see if they can, uh, how they react in a no-win situation. And they're put in the simulation, and basically it's a distress signal from the Kobayashi Maru. And then they have to go save them, and then the uh, you know enemy shows up, and people die, and the starship dies, and so. But Kobayashi Maru, the only person to ever complete and successfully win against the Kobayashi no-win situation was Captain, Captain James, James T. Kirk. T. Kirk. Because? Why? What did he do? He cheated. It's not very captain-like, is it, Jason? Or is it? Well, I don't know. So, well, I think I think that's the thing. Is there's there's times when. Do you believe in no-win situations? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my life. Yes, I do believe in those situ- <laughs> no-win situations. But but you know the the good thing is that there's a heroicness that in the face of the impossible you fight on anyway. Right. And sometimes cheating is the way to do it. Now we're used to a certain type of hero, but there's an, there's other models for hero, right? Like you take, you take your Odysseus hero versus your Ajax hero. I don't want to get too classical mm-hmm. on this kind of thing. And the lying, cheating, deceiving kind of thing, your Loki's versus your Thor's. You're like, there's, there's a place in the universe for that, you know, being tough and fighting and, and brave and courageous isn't the only way to be heroic sometimes that little trickery and Kirk does a lot of trickery. It's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just that. Like how many times did he lie? There's that one with a stupid headed alien, the Corborite device or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't never say that, that thing, you know, and how many times does he lie about the things that we have with, you know, with Khan, how does he, how does he beat Khan? Right. He does it by trickery, deception, right. lies. I mean, that's part of Kirk's character. So I don't think it's out of character. That's part of what makes him there is he's, got that Odyssean hero with that deception and trickery. He's, he's a cunning hero as well. He's not just sit there and beat everyone up because he's tougher than them and charge in with the bravery. He is brave, but there's a... There's that great quote which they talk about um, guile and cunning uh, will usually win over youth and exuberance, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's kind of a Kirk thing. But yeah, he reprograms the Kobayashi Maru yeah. program so he can win. Yeah, but I'm saying that that's not out of character for him. That is that is part of who Kirk is. It's a defining feature of Kirk is having that cheating, oh, that's not, not a fair fight mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, I mean, right? You want to go to the Mirror Mirror universe. Why is Kirk, Kirk the captain? Is it because he plays fair? No, because he cheats. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Right? Well, I don't know. We talked about androids, androids and stuff before with, with Harry Mudd. You know, he does he does his negotiate his talking to people and he cheats them. He breaks the rules mm-hmm. in order to do things. He doesn't always. It's a way that you can't win against a thing, and so you find a way to go outside what it is to be able to beat them. Right? If you were a vampire, you know, wooden stakes and stuff is cheating. Right? But, right. Well, you know, I strongly suggest. 
the listening audience, if you haven't revisited watching the original series or The Next Generation or any of the other series, which are they're all on Netflix right now. Um, Not all of them. Um, most of them are. Yeah. Well, depending what region you're in because of legal Well, stuff. no, the original Google. series is on it. Yeah, but Next Generation's not. Yes, it is. At least when I looked the other day. No, it is. Oh, it's been it? on forever. Okay. Yeah, Next Generation's on there, and they're okay. all they're all they're all in there except obviously Discovery. Um, but revisit it, watch it because there's a lot of themes and a lot of really cool stuff on there. But uh, Jason, there's a ton of stuff for Star Trek. I appreciate you coming down, okay, well, uh, there we've chatting again. We maybe we'll touch on this this again because there's like so much. There is so much more that we could do with Star Trek. But check out all the different. St- one thing I wanted to say is like mm-hmm. all the Star Treks are good in their own way, and they speak to different people. If I happen to have certain favorites, that's like I started with the original series, and so therefore I find it to be really speaks to me the most. And right. then Star Trek Continues is so good because because of the original series. Other people might have started with other things that they're good and. Some of these new ones, I don't don't want to do spoilers for Ari who hasn't seen them. Um, Discovery's got some good parts that uh, call back also to the original one. Cool. And there's there's non Star Trek things. The Orville is not Star Trek, but it's Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's anyway lots lots of good things. Check out all the Star Treks. Find out what you like. I'm going to be myself going back and giving a second chance to some of the other ones that I didn't really. Mm-hmm didn't really appreciate the first time, maybe I'll appreciate them more. And what makes a really good show, whether it's Star Trek or anything else, is replay value. If you can rewatch things, yes. books you can reread, how whatever geek or non-geek thing, things that you can redo again and again, that's the best mark of if something's good. How many times have you watched it? How many times have you read something? Mm-hmm. That's what makes it good. And the reason I've mentioned some of these old things as much is because those are the ones I've rewatched way more times than any human should. <laughs> well, uh, appreciate you tuning into the Torvis podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or queries, please comment below in the video and uh, we'll do our best to answer. If you're looking for any future episodes, we, uh, we're always down to talk about anything in the eighties, movies, monsters, mayhem, uh, motivation, martial arts. That's kind of the theme of the Torvis podcast. And you can always check us out. We have an Instagram page, which is the Torvis underscore podcast, uh, which you can check out Uh, kind of neat memes and uh, other video clips that we put on there. So thanks again, Jason. Really appreciate it, man. Okay. Well, thanks for having me here and putting up with my rambling. Anytime. Okay. Until next time, live long and and prosper. Okay.